0: Well, we're back, and I know that we took a week off and we had taken a little bit of a respite before then, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But we are Ragers, Ragers, and we are back. We are ready to wager and we are ready to rage, and it is our Um, pleasure to join you once again going into week 10 of the NFL your two hosts Joshua Thomas Buckner otherwise known as JT and of course your co-host my one of my best friends here on the podcast John the Hedgehog Donath, always joining you from the great state of New Jersey We are back here on week 10, giving you our greatest analysis for week 10 of the NFL. You'll have some college football nuggets. But of course, in the last phase of our podcast, we will give you our tracks of the week. So without further ado, on week 10, no need to really belabor week 9. Although I will tell you that college football in week 9 on my own, Little five hundred action for me, but in the NFL, a big, big uh, a day for me. I uh, ended up up about six to seven hundred on the NFL games after going five hundred on college. No need to like go into all the games, but big weekend for me in the NFL because the weekend the NFL has been extremely unpredictable. We've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, two weeks ago, I was great with the Giants and Jets. Big wins. Um, last week, hey, Jets, phenomenal. Uh, upset win against the Bills. Would have taken the Jets all day long. But we're here. We're here on week 10. And, John, what do you think about the fact that we're back? We're ready to give you our analysis. Eagles coming off a bye and they're undefeated. So let's rock and roll. Thoughts on week nine going into week 10? Uh, I'm just excited to be
1: back, man. Ready to make a comeback like Tom Brady uh, last week making his 55, 55th uh, come from behind uh, victory last week. Ready to do the same thing here. I'm all lined up with a couple of games ready to go.
0: Yeah, so Jets are on a bye. So, we're, so the format usually for... Wagers-Ragers is, I am a New York Jet fan. You know, dyed-in-the-wool green. John, of course, is, of course, in the green as well with the Philadelphia Eagles. But this week, the Jets are on a bye week, coming off a great upset victory at home against the Buffalo Bills. Probably the top pick in the NFL to go to the Super Bowl and win it, with Josh Allen just playing lights out. Their defense is phenomenal. You know, everything clicking for Buffalo. Um, But you have the Eagles who are undefeated, winning everything. I don't think anybody, even my compadre, would have said that the Eagles would have been undefeated going into week 10. But here we go. Eagles going into week 10 undefeated. But our both, our green teams are playing phenomenal football. This week, I do not have a game to pick for the Jets because they're on a bye. But the Eagles are back off the bye, and let's go there. So, John, lead us off. Eagles, who do they have this week? Give me the line. Give me the over-under. Give me your props if you have any, and tell me what you think about how the Eagles are going to do this week going into Week 10 off the bye. All right, so we're going to
1: start this week with the last game of the weekend. That's the Washington Commanders, the commies themselves, traveling to Philadelphia. Eagles giving 10.5 at home to the Washington Commanders. The Eagles do sit at 8-0, the league's only undefeated team. Uh, Last week, they came off their bye to play in the Thursday game at Houston. They came away with a 29-17 victory over those Houston Texans. Uh, the Eagles started out <clears throat> with a sort of a lackluster first half, before really turning on the Jets in the second half and pulling away against the Texans. The Washington Commanders uh, last week fell short at home against those Minnesota Vikings, losing twenty to seventeen. Washington has been playing some inspired ball since Taylor Heineke took over for uh, Carson Wentz, who's who's down with injury. Uh, the Washington had a three-game winning streak before uh, that. Uh, 20 to 17 home loss to the Vikings last week. Of course, these two teams are NFC rivals. The Eagles are leading the NFC East uh, again at eight and zero, and they did play Washington uh, a few weeks ago. The Eagles beat Washington 24 to eight in Washington in a game that wasn't even that close. They sacked Carson Wentz like I believe like 11 times in that game. Uh, the Eagles really, you know, that their their you know their play has been up and down. As far as uh, playing a complete game uh, throughout the year so far, but a lot of that has been just because they've been able to pull away from teams uh, in the first halves of games so often they haven't really been challenged uh, too much in any of these games, they really seem like the class of at least the NFC I do expect them to pull this game out as well. Jalen Hurts has really taken that next step and is playing like one of the top quarterbacks in the league, is an MVP candidate, and with Josh Allen, who's probably the leader in the clubhouse, uh, with that possible uh, UCL strain or injury and him being something of a question mark here, Jalen Hurts might end up being the MVP uh, uh, of the league. It's pretty crazy. This game, like I said, I do expect the Eagles to win. That 10.5 point spread is huge. It's the biggest point spread of the week. Uh, But I think I'm going to take the Eagles here. I'm going to take the Eagles and give the 10.5, which sounds nuts. A couple of weeks ago, I took the Eagles on a big point spread. Uh, And it's just, you know, you hate giving uh, double-digit points in any situation. But I think Washington's going to come in here and get stomped by the Eagles. Uh, I really do. Washington is 1 and 6 straight up in their last 7 games against the NFC East. Uh, the Birds are 5 and 2 against the spread in their last 7 and playing at home, head coach Nick Sirianni has re-cemented the Eagles home field advantage. Sirianni since taking over as head coach of the Eagles is 6-0 oh, and 1 against the spread as a home favorite. This is probably the largest point spread uh, during that time frame here. But I actually think the Eagles win by two touchdowns. I'm going to give the points and not look back. I think the Eagles destroy Washington on prime time on Monday. <clears throat> uh, couple of props here I'm going to be looking at. Um, first, I'm going to take a look at the Washington running backs. Uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have been splitting time here Um in the Washington backfield in recent weeks. But the Eagles rushing defense has been their one kind of Achilles heel here. Uh, They're actually 29th in yards per carry uh, in rushing defense Uh, and on top of that Washington has been running a lot since Taylor Heineke took over right now they're a sixth high, they the Washington Commanders run at the sixth highest rate in the league in the in their last 3 games i expect that to continue i would expect Washington to try to shorten the game and keep the ball out of the the hands of the Eagles offense of Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown and the rest of them so the props of course for Monday are not out yet But I would take a look at Antonio Gibson, who I think between he and Brian Robinson is the more explosive of the two backs, as we've seen. Uh, Of course, Washington's trust in Gibson has sort of gone up and down over his his couple of years here. But in his last four games, uh, Gibson has clocked in at 35 rushing yards, 59, 19, and 36. So if you can get an Antonio Gibson prop of around 40 rushing yards, I would take that. Next thing I would look at, is Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts uh, Jalen Hurts rushing prop had had gotten pretty, you know, pretty high there for a while he was pushing the high 40s, you know, uh, 48 and a half rushing yards was a uh, 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 where his prop got to a couple of weeks ago, but Jalen's rushing numbers have been down in recent weeks, only averaging 20 yards a game in his last three. So I would expect that to have an effect on whatever his rushing prop will be this week so if it comes down you know below that that 43 uh, 44 yard uh uh you know mendoza line there so if it's like rushing prop is like 42 and a half rushing yards i would take it anything underneath 44 yards i would take for jalen hurts in this game lastly since the beginning of the season i have touted dallas goddard because I believe in his talented talent. I've seen him grow as a tight end. I think he's blossoming in, blossoming into one of the best pass catching tight ends in the league. I think his talent is on par with, uh, even with Travis Kelsey right now and with Mark Andrews, who's out with injury. Goddard has averaged 65 receiving yards a game for the season, but somehow his prop has hovered in that 45 and a half yard, uh, a level there. So here's the thing. If his receiving prop is in the same neighborhood, 45, 46 receiving yards, I'm all over it. I'll take it all the way up to 50. Anything over 50, I'll I'll shy away from a little bit. But anything other under 50, I'm taking Dallas Goddard's receiving yards there. So that's what I've got on this game. I think the Eagles win big. I think the commanders come in and get trounced on national TV on Monday. So I'm taking the Eagles. No fear. I'm giving the 10 and a half points. I don't care. Eagles win by two scores. I'll take Antonio Gibson if he has a rushing prop right around 40 yards. And then I'll take Jalen Hurts rushing if it's under 45-ish. Uh, and I'll take Dallas Goddard receiving as long as it's under 50.
0: Yeah, so I agree, and I disagree on certain aspects of this game with you. Um, I love the Eagles. I think they are, from offense, defense, special teams, probably, if not the most complete team in the NFL, one of the most complete teams in the NFL. You know, whether you're undefeated or whether you're 7-1, and one, Six and three, you know, seven and two, depending on when your bye week is. I think there's a lot of teams that are sort of similar to where the Eagles are, but to give ten and a half points to the Commanders, I just think it's too many points to give. And the way that Washington has played, albeit forget about last week, better team with Tyler Heine- with uh, Heineke playing. So, even though the Eagles are at home and I know they're coming off a bye, uh, I would probably take Washington because my rule of thumb, as always, and if you've listened to our podcast over the past couple of years, is I don't like taking double digit points and giving them. So, I'm probably going to take Washington and the 10 and a half points. And I can see this game being a seven, eight, nine point, even a 10 point game. Even if it's a 10-point game, with that half-a-point hook, um, I still cover the game. So I think Washington's going to stay in this game. Uh, They probably could have kept the game closer or even won last week with Heineke. So I'm going to take Washington and the points, so that's where we differ. Where we're on the same plane, though, is I love Jalen Hurts because I'm not – terribly uh convinced about the commander's defense and i think jalen hurts is is um in line for a big rushing game is over rushing yards for hurts and i don't know why i didn't bet them the dallas goddard two weeks ago for receiving yards but i'm gonna bet dallas goddard just like you and i in years past bet travis kelsey i'm going goddard over receiving yards This week against the commanders, but I'm also going to add on to that a Dallas Goddard anytime touchdown against the commanders because he's just that good at that position. He is literally on the same plane as Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Now, some people might disagree with me, but he has been so consistent for the Eagles that I'm going to go Goddard over receiving yards hurts over rushing yards and because he's been so consistent Goddard anytime touchdown but I'm going to take the points on the commanders even though I think the Eagles are going to win um, I don't think they're going to cover that 10 and a half I think the commanders are going to keep it close it's an NFC East divisional battle so I can see the Eagles winning by again seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 but over that I think it's going to be closer than that. So I'm not going to give that hook and I'm going to take the commanders on this game. Any last thoughts, John Eagles commanders?
1: Yeah, man, you know, I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the habit of giving double digit points in, in, uh, in most situations. I just, after watching these two teams play the first time in Washington and the Eagles trouncing them, um, uh, by multiple scores in that game, I think, uh, the Eagles are going to trounce them again in this game at home. I think the crowd's going to be fired up. The Eagles have had extra rest, extra time to prepare. Sirianni has been money at home. I think that continues here. But I do love the Goddard anytime touchdown here. I also look at uh, an A.J. Brown anytime touchdown as well.
0: You know, I just, I just look at it like, you know, the Commanders played like terrible in the beginning of the season. They played really, really well up until last weekend. And I know they lost. They didn't lose by much. And there's been a quarterback change. It's NFC East. It's you know rivalry games. And giving that extra half a point to me is just tough for me to uh, you know take the Eagles and that ten and a half. I could probably be totally wrong, but uh, the way that I see the trends going between these two teams, yes, the Eagles keep winning. But yes, Washington is getting better, albeit last week. Um, so I'll, you know, rely on that half a point hook, and I'm going to stick with, with Washington um, getting ten and a half points. All right. So this week, the Jets are off. They're on a bye, and they're coming off a phenomenal home win, upset victory, double digit underdog against the Buffalo Bills. They their NFC East rival, uh, you know, putting aside the Patriots, uh, who are their real rival, but they're really any team in the NFC East is a rival of every team in the NFC East. You know, whether it's Dolphins Patriots, Dolphins Bills, Jets Patriots, Jets Dolphins, Jets Bills, every team in your division is a rival of you and the Bills lost to the Jets at the Jets. And the Jets' defense is, in my opinion, and not just in my opinion, but across the board, looking at every single prognosticator, every single statistician, is one of the best defenses right now in the NFL. And the Jets shut the Bills down, got the win. Zach Wilson did as much as he could possibly do without screwing the game up like he did against the Patriots the week before. And the Jets beat the Bills in New York. So the game that I'm going with this week is the 7-1 Vikings against the Buffalo Bills because the Jets are off this week. So let's pick an NFC East team for me to analyze. So very quickly, we have one of the most top quarterbacks in the entire league in the NFC East, Josh Allen, drafted at the same time as Sam Darnold. I'm not going to even comment on him back up in Carolina. But what's Josh Allen doing this year? He's second in yards, 300.4 yards per game passing. He's thrown and ran for, or thrown, I'm sorry, 19 touchdown passes. He's averaging 49 yards rushing per game, and he's got four rushing touchdowns. With yards passing, second-in-the-league quarterbacks, second-in-the-league touchdown passes, third-in-the-league rushing yards by a quarterback, probably second to Lamar Jackson, I'm going to guess. Don't quote me on that. But tied for second with four rushing touchdowns. Here's the problem. He got hit last week in the Jet game and banged up his UCL. If you follow baseball, a UCL is the ligament in your elbow that if it's screwed up or it's torn or it's a mess, you can't throw a pitch. And if you're a quarterback, you can't throw the ball like you used to throw the ball. So if it's a major issue, Josh Allen is not going to play this week. And he may not play the rest of the season or he may not play for many games during this season depending on the severity of the injury. This game started Vikings at bills in Buffalo, Vikings seven and one, only one loss. getting six and a half points right now, because of the concerns over the injury to Josh Allen, the line is down to Vikings getting three and a half points. I still like the Vikings in this game. and call me crazy. Because the like the Bills are one of the, if not the team, one of the top teams to go to the Super Bowl. But the Vikings, given the fact that they've only lost one game and they're getting three and a half points. And I'm going to focus on the half point here in this game. Getting three and a half points at Buffalo. I'm going to take the Vikings. They have won despite everybody thinking they were not going to be the greatest team. Coach fired. No one believes in Kirk Cousins. I'm going to take the Vikings getting three and a half points against Buffalo. Now, this season, Buffalo, uh, the Vikings are 6-0 in one possession games this season. Last year, they were 6-8. They were already 6-0. Buffalo, though, is allowing a season low because their defense, regardless, you know, you want to take – Um, Josh Allen out of the picture their defense has been spot on spot on they're giving up a league low of only 14.8 points per game but the Jets hey they scored a lot of points last week against them and I mean they didn't like like light the world on fire but they still outscored the bills last week and the Jets with a second year quarterback who did not light the world on fire I don't know. We'll see how they react to having their quarterback possibly not playing this game. So stats. I told you in weeks before, stats, stats, stats is one of my biggest thing when I try to pick a game. The Vikings defense, uh, not great. They're giving up 368 yards per game. They're giving up 257 passing yards per game. They're giving up 141 rushing yards per game, and they're giving up 20 points per game. So you would say to yourself, wow, the Vikings are probably not going to win this game and they're probably not going to cover that three and a half point spread. But with Josh Allen potentially not playing, it's going to be a defensive battle. And that's what I see. And the Bills defense is lights out. 299 yards per game, they're giving up. Top in the league, 194 passing yards, 111 rushing yards per game and only giving up 14 points per game on defense, it's going to be a battle. Offense, I mean, defensively between these two games, it's going to be a close game. Go down to a field goal. Give me that half a point. Even if Buffalo wins and Josh Allen doesn't play, I'll take that half a point, and I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. So give me the Vikings getting three and a half points as a seven and one team. Over-under is 46. If I'm going to bet the this game, I'm probably taking the under. I took the under in Monday night's game, and I covered in that game. And that was uh, Baltimore against the Saints. Covered that line. Had a phenomenal week in the NFL this past week. So if I'm going to take the over-under, I'm taking the under of 46. Not particularly liking it because I'm not quite sure what's going to happen at the quarterback position for Buffalo. But give me the Vikings getting three and a half points. Uh, no player props for me on this game. Tried to investigate it. I know John did a little bit more of a deeper dive for me, but we are both going to tag team the Falcons Panthers Thursday game. And I have some player props for you on that. John Vikings bills thoughts on this game. What do you think?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is a tough game to call because with the Josh Allen injury, you know, the, the whole game is kind of up in the air. I don't think I would take the game either way. Uh, even with the the mitigation on the point spread there, uh, until I knew more about Josh Allen uh, and if he's going to play or not. He's not been ruled out or anything like that. Right now, it's too early in the week uh, to really make that call or know which way it's going to go, so I'd probably stay away. One thing I did take a look at, which sort of accounts for uh, Josh Allen potentially missing the game, is Devin Singletary rushing. Uh, my theory here on Devin Singletary is That, you know, if Josh Allen does miss the game, I would expect, expect Buffalo to rely a lot more than they even do right now on that running game. I think that would mean more carries for Devin Singletary. Like you said before, the Minnesota Vikings are giving up over 100 yards rushing per game. Uh, on the year, Singletary is averaging 43 yards a game on the ground. However, in his last five, he's doing a little bit better at 53.4 yards a game rushing. So if his prop is anywhere in that 50-yard mark, anywhere around 50, 50 and a half, something like that, I would take it. I'll take the Singletary over on that because he's averaging at just over that in his last five anyway with Josh Allen. If Allen is limited... Or doesn't play at all, I think, you know, sky's the limit after that for Singletary. So keep an eye on this, the prop, the player prop for Devin Singletary. I say take it if it's right around or under that 50, 51, 52-yard rushing mark.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say on the rushing prop is that the Bills traded for Naheem Hines, I believe. And if he gets carries, that might take away from Singletary. All right, let's move away from our two games, and we're going to go tag team Thursday night's game because we are broadcasting to you on a Wednesday night as opposed to Friday, or, Friday night or Saturday morning. And that Thursday game is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. A total barn burner given the fact that, and I say that facetiously because the NFC South might be the worst division in the entire NFL. But that being said, the Atlanta Falcons are going into Carolina. They are the road team, but they are getting two and a half points over under 42 and a half. Now, I'm going to start us off here. Carolina switched from Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback With Sam Darnold, the old Jet first-round pick, as the injured backup to P.J. Walker. And it was a total debacle. Three for 10, nine yards passing, two interceptions. They were down 35-0 to the Cincinnati Bengals before... Last week when the Bengals played the Browns, so two weeks ago, so it's just a hot mess in Panthers land. They fired Matt Rule. It's just a disaster in Carolina. You know whether you call him Sam Bradford, uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Baker uh, Mayfield, uh, Baker Darnold, whatever. The two of them are messes because on on the sideline and. The tea leaves right now are telling us that PJ Walker is going to start again. Are you freaking kidding me after that performance against Cincinnati? So whatever. Uh, I think Atlanta is actually a team on the rise, even though they have a losing record and they started off the season pretty bad. I'm taking the Falcons in this game. I'm going to, you know, I'll take that two and a half points even though they're on the road against uh, Carolina. And I'm probably going to bet the money line in this game. Marcus Mariota as the quarterback for Atlanta. Yeah, he might not be the best. and He's probably not going to last too long. But uh, he ranks near the league leading in passing, completing 15 passes uh, in six of, of nine games that he's he started this year. And they have the fourth best rushing attack, does Atlanta. And given the fact that the Panthers gave up 153 yards and four touchdowns to one player, to one player last week in Joe Mixon, Carolina is a total disaster. And who is the X factor? The X factor in this game is Cordell Patterson. You know, the guy was in college. He was a receiver, came into the league sort of a receiver, a return guy, became a running back, receiver, tight end. The guy is a fantasy point machine on my team in fantasy. Um, And he had a great game coming back from IR. I think he's going to have another great game against Carolina. So Sam Bradford, who has been out of the league for a long time, And we're talking about Sam Darnold. So forget about Sam Bradford. He's not playing, nor is Baker Mayfield. P.J. Walker is going to be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. And if the Falcons are getting two and a half points, give me that all day. Give me the money line. Atlanta, I can see them winning not only this game, but the, the, the division at the end of the season. Because I don't have a whole lot of faith in Tampa Bay, even though they're leading the, the, uh, the division, but it's the worst division in the league, and Tampa Bay has a, a losing record. A couple of props because this game is tomorrow on Thursday night football. Give me Cordell Patterson two times here, ready? Over 54 and a half rushing yards, one minus 115 on DraftKings, Cordell Patterson over. 65 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I feel he's going to come out of the backfield, catch a couple passes like he did when he was a receiver. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Give me the last Atlanta prop pick for me. Drake London, one of the top rookie receivers, although he got the ball stripped away from him the other day. Give me Drake London over three and a half receptions on the plus side plus 125 on DraftKings. So give me three Atlanta Falcon props. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think the Falcons are going to blow out the Panthers this week. Powerline is done. Falcons getting two and a half, probably taking the money line. Cordell Patterson overrushing, over rushing and receiving. Drake London over receptions. Give me those props. Give me the Falcons all day long blowout. thirty four ten Falcons. Well, all right then.
1: Uh, all right, I'm going to give you my take on the game here. Uh, as far as the game goes, I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but I'll take the Falcons on the road, giving two and a half. Not a problem. I do think this uh, Carolina team, you know, they showed a little bit of pluckiness, a little bit of heart after Matt Rule got fired, you know, and P.J. Walker was installed as the – as, as the quarterback there for a while, but I just don't think they have the talent. I think eventually, I think this season's about to go off the rails completely for Carolina, and they're probably going to end up with a top three pick. Uh, and I think the Falcons headed in the other direction, still not, you know, in the, still not what I would consider a legitimate playoff team, but this year, who knows. But I'm happy to take the Falcons on the road against Carolina uh, and give only the two and a half. I have a couple of additional props that I really like in this game. Uh, first off is Marcus Mariota. Um, who does often uh, as much damage with his legs as he does with his arms. His rushing prop this week is over 30.5 rushing yards at minus 110 on DraftKings. He's averaging 42 yards a game on the ground in his last five. I think we're getting a little bit of a better number because I think he had uh, 20 yards on the ground. Uh, Last week uh, did Marcus Mariota, uh, but like I said, he's averaging 42 in his last five. I think he hits this 30 and a half easily. No problem there. Next up, Tyler Algier, the rookie running back for the Atlanta Falcons. His rushing prop this week, only 31 and a half rushing yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. I am sure that's influenced by Cordaro Patterson's return and, you know, exactly how much Patterson played last week. Uh, But... Even with Patterson playing, Algiers still got 10 carries. Even with Cordell Patterson there, uh, he is, you know, well over this 30-yard rushing mark, um, you know, pretty much since, you know, he came in. Algiers averaging 61.3 yards a game. Uh, In his last six. Now, I understand a lot of that happened while Patterson was out. But last week, even with Patterson there, Algier had 10 carries, 99 yards on the ground. His prop is only 31.5 rushing yards. So give me Algier on that as well. Plus Carolina, 28th, 28th against the run in the league. So I think that only further supports my two props in this game. That's Marcus Mariota, over 30.5 rushing yards, and Tyler Algier, over 31.5 rushing yards.
0: Yeah, so I think we're in agreement on the overall result in the uh, Panthers-Falcons game, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if
1: it's going to be a blowout like you do, but I'm taking Atlanta, like I said earlier, and giving the two and a half.
0: All right, so before we move into the next stage of and the last stage of our Wagers Ragers podcast, which is our Tracks of the Week, I'm going to just going to give you real quick some college football nuggets that I – I really, you know, I have a lot of confidence in as a result of how these teams did last week. And the two games that I'm going to give you first are going to be two games outside of the Big Ten. Tennessee, who was number one in the nation last week, lost. Um, They lost to Georgia, but they're home this week against Missouri. I feel like this is a bounce-back game for Tennessee. Uh, They want to try to get back into the um, conversation for the final four um, CFP playoffs. And they're at home against Missouri. I know Missouri has played pretty well this year against competition in the SEC, but Tennessee is laying 20 right now. So it's less than three touchdowns. And I think given how they played last week, I'm going to lay the 20 points with Tennessee at home against Missouri, and i look at a Tennessee blowout this week. Maybe win by 34, 35 points. So I'm taking Tennessee. The other game is an ACC team, which if the results came out this week, they would have been in the top four, and that's the Clemson Tigers. They had a terrible season the year before. They were undefeated going into um, this past week, and they lost. But they are – um, at home against uh, the likes of – I think they're playing another SEC team, and they're only laying seven points. And so with Clemson coming off a loss, give me Clemson at home laying seven. And they're actually they're, – you know who they're playing? They're playing Louisville. And they should beat this – They beat Louisville. So give me Clemson laying seven points against Louisville. Now, my other two college football nuggets, and I've always done very well um, every week in college football, is two big Big Ten teams. I love Penn State this week. I just love Penn State this week. They're at home against Maryland. Maryland has had a very good season this year in the Big Ten. But Penn State is only laying 10 points against Maryland at home. Give me Penn State laying the 10 points. And lastly, Illinois, who's had a phenomenal season this year. I know they lost the week before, but they're at home against Purdue. They're only laying six and a half points. It's less than a touchdown. Give me Illinois at home laying six and a half points. So I'm taking four teams at home laying points, all favorites, Betting college football is a lot different than betting the NFL. Anything could happen in the NFL. In college football, it's slightly more predictable. But don't rely on my advice, although I have been quite the savant with college football this year, last year, the year before on this Wagers Ragers podcast. So give me Clemson lay in seven, Tennessee laying in 20, Penn State lay in 10, Illinois lay six and a half. Those are my college football nuggets and now we move on to our tracks of the week john take it away what do you got for us
1: well before we move on completely i did take a look at one more game here that's the seahawks at the buccaneers that's the uh the europe game this week which is being played in munich germany so i did take a look at that the props are up for this game uh, seahawks coming in at six and three against the buccaneers four and five Buccaneers at four and five still tied for tops in the NFC South with those Falcons who we just talked about. Seattle Seahawks might be the surprise of the NFL this year. Nobody expected them to have a winning record at this point in the season after trading away Russell Wilson. Uh, Seahawks on the road, quote unquote, in Munich, Germany, are getting three points. The Bucks, even though they're four and five, are still giving points. As a matter of fact, the Buccaneers have been favorites in every game this year uh, and haven't done a whole lot with it. Two, six, and one against the spread in their last nine. Seahawks, on the other hand, NFC West leaders come in after a 10-point victory, 31-21, over the Carolina Panthers, who we just talked about a moment ago. The Buccaneers... uh, Did come up with a win, 16-13, over the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Tom Brady uh, coming through with his 55th come-from-behind victory. These two teams haven't played in about three years. Um, And Geno Smith has just been a revelation with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks won four in a row. Again, having an amazing season. But they have suffered losses to both the Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints, two teams that are not horrible, but hardly the class of the league, probably won't make the playoffs. And oh, by the way, two teams that the Buccaneers have already beaten this year. Uh, I'm going to go <clears throat> a little bit off the reservation here. Uh, I know the Seahawks have won four in a row. I know the Bucks have looked... Um, disappointing this year I'm gonna take Tom Brady I'm gonna take Tom Brady I'm gonna give the three and thinking that on national TV in Europe maybe this is exactly what Brady needs get him out of the country get him away from all the personal stuff that's going on all the you know the the lack of success the team has had get over there to Europe concentrate on just this game uh, and come away with a win uh, against a a Seattle team that's probably playing a little bit over its head a couple of quick props here uh, although Seattle has been uh, you know, a very fun team to watch and has, have had a lot of success so far this year, uh, their Achilles heel might be their passing defense. They are 20th against the pass, giving up 225.9 yards per game in the air, and they've given up multiple touchdowns to quarterbacks in five over, the, over their last seven. So I like Tom Brady, again, on the national stage to come through uh, Over one-and-a-half touchdown passes at minus 145. Not great juice on that, but I think you take that, bag the win. Uh, Tom Brady's going to throw for over. over one and a half touchdown passes, he's going to get a late, at least two. His passing yardage prop is two hundred and eighty point five. Brady has, despite the lack of success so far this year, Brady has two hundred and eighty or more passing yards in his last three games and five out of his last six. So give me the over on passing yardage. Next up, Kenny Walker, or should I call him now Kenneth Walker the fourth from Michigan State, who we're both familiar with as Big Ten fans. <clears throat> has been fantastic uh, since taking over um, uh, as the number one running back in the Seattle Seahawks uh, backfield. He is averaging over 90 yards a game in the six games this year where he has eight or more categor- uh, carries, including. Uh, a 26 for 109 effort last week against Arizona. Nevertheless, his rushing prop this week is only 77 and a half rushing yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. I'll take that. He's been cashing that uh, week in, week out. I also like Kenneth Walker to hit uh, the anytime touchdown at minus one twenty. Minus one twenty. He's got seven touchdowns in his last five games. Last prop I like that's a uh, Geno Smith over on 22 and a half rushing yards. He's been over that in 3 of his last 4 games and 5 out of his last 7 and on top of that, he's got he's averaging over 5 carries of ga- five carries a game in his last 4. Uh, so I love him to cash over 22 and a half rushing yards. So, real quick, one more bonus game for you. The European game in Munich, Germany, a little Oktoberfest in November. I like the Buccaneers giving three to the Seattle Seahawks to win the game by three. I like Tom Brady to hit his overs on one-and-a-half passing touchdowns, 280.5 passing yards, and then on the Seahawks' side of the ball, I'll take Kenneth Walker the fourth at over 77 and a half rushing yards, anytime touchdown, and give me the Geno Smith over 22 and a half rushing yards.
0: Yeah, so I actually love Tampa Bay in this game, and I took Tampa Bay this past weekend this past weekend, but the the two the the prop that I really loved in the Tampa Bay game was Tom Brady over passing yards, hit that by a mile. And is that attributable to Tom Brady just playing well and leading the team down the field on like a 65 yard drive and passing the ball down the field. Is it attributable to Tom Brady putting his family issues and his marital issues aside? I don't know, but I think he is ready to lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a phenomenal second half of the season. And so I took him on passing yards hit that prop. I'm ready to hit him, hit it again this week in Germany. And so I am on, you know, the same side of the fence with you as far as Tampa Bay covering the point spread and Tom Brady on the passing yards on this game. I think the Seattle Seahawks have been playing really, really well, but going up against Tampa Bay, I just don't see it happening this week and I could totally see a landslide blowout victory by Tampa Bay with Tom Brady throwing for like 300 plus yards this week. So, all right. So I gave you college football nuggets. John gave you a bonus game. We're going into um, our tracks of the week. John, give me your tracks, your track of the week.
1: All right, I am ready to go. I'm returning to my little uh, house roots here. I'm gonna go to one of my favorite record labels of all time, Tool Room Records, and I'm going with uh, a song called Raw, the Tony Romera Extended Mix on Tool Room Records. With that Tool Room sound, a driving beat, it's just fun. You know, it just really gets my, my blood pressure going, ready to rock and roll. That's my track of the week this week. Raw, the Tony Romera Extended Mix on Tool Room Records.
0: Sounds phenomenal. Can't wait to hear it on the uh, tail end of our podcast. So my track of the week and I'm a sucker for female vocals. I'm a sucker for late 90s female vocals, whether it's Whitney Houston, whether it's Madonna, whether it's Deborah Cox, you know, that's that's where I'm a sucker for. But because I have no home team to root for this week because my team is on a bye, it's going to be a relatively lonely sort of, you know, watching other teams weekend. So, you know, I'm going to go with one of my other female vocalists. Yes, she might be close to 80 but she has been a phenomenal vocalist in the club scene in the late 90s, early 2000s. And yeah, you might guess it, I'm going with Cher. I'm going with Cher, Song for the Lonely, because I will be lonely this weekend without my jets. Song for the Lonely with the Thunderpuss remix. Who has remixed Whitney Houston, amongst others. Song for the Lonely, That'll Be Me, waiting for the Jets to come back next weekend. Going down, getting psyched, taking the flight or the train ride up to New England and beating the Patriots and going seven and three, But this weekend I'll be lonely. So Song for the Lonely, share Thunderpuss Remix, is my track of the week. There for you? And that's where we're at, kids. Wagers, ragers. We have completed our analysis of week 10. Both John and I hope you take our advice, our analysis, our thoughts of the games that we have looked at this week. And may your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful, much like mine were in week nine, although we were not on the air. But we will be back with you next week on week 11. So, see ya. Good luck. Adios. Sayonara. We shall see you next weekend.
1: Later.